we're going to look at up. I know if you look at the front of your bulletin, it said something different. I don't know who printed them. They were wrong. I'm just kidding. That was me. I, anyway, I was arguing with God this week about what we should look at this morning. But Revelation 22 uh, is a passage of Scripture that I, I feel and I hope and I pray will help us as we get ready for 2018. Um, I, I don't know, I'm not really looking for a show of hands this morning, but I imagine if I were to ask you if you could have a complete repeat of 2017 and 2018, there might be a few things that you would change. Am I right on that? It, maybe just one or two things you might tweak a little bit going into 2018 as you think about 2017. Even if not on a personal level, on, on a national level. I mean, we had some of the, the worst violence ever happen this past year and the shootings that, that occurred uh, on a national level. You think about on a global level, all the terrible things that have went on. But then even on a personal level, I know many of us have said goodbye to those who we love this past year. I know many of us have struggled uh, in different ways, whether it be through family or whether it be through emotional issues or whether it be through financial issues. No matter what, I know that as we gather here this morning that in 2017, as you look backwards, there are things that you wish weren't there and you hope don't happen again in 2018. That, that's true of, of all of us. But, but the truth is, guys, it, the thing that I want us to look at as we look at these two passages or these two chapters of Scripture this morning is that 2018 is going to look a whole lot like 2017. People are going to pass away. We're going to get sick. We're going to have issues financially. We're going to have people get on our nerves. There's going to be things that go on that we don't like. There is pain in store for us in 2018. I'm not a prophet, but I can promise you there are going to be things that go on that you wish wouldn't go on. Every year, as, as we come to the end of the year, I think, man, I hope next year's better. And every year, I'm disappointed. Every year, there's something else that goes on. I, I think that's, maybe that's where New Year's resolutions come from. We think that, okay, well, I haven't done this all year, and I haven't actually done what I was supposed to do all year, but I'm going to double down 2018. I'm going to be a new and better person, right? How many of y'all made those resolutions are getting ready to make those New Year's resolutions, right? I, this year, this is the year of me, right? This is the year of John. I'm finally going to conquer these things in my life that I've dealt with from the time I was born. Probably not. There's going to be issues. There's going to be struggles. And we're going to find ourselves failing yet again. I know it sounds amazing and it sounds... You're like, man, I sure am glad I came to church this morning. So happy. So joyous. But the truth is, is if your hope is, is that 2018 is better than 2017, your hope's in the wrong place. The truth is, is that we're promised something even better than a better year than last year. Look at Revelation 21, verse, the first four verses. Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Then verse 3 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be His people. And God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. 
Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Guys, can I tell you, that's our hope this morning. Our hope is not that 2018 will be better than 2017. Our hope is, is that we're given a brand new home. We're given a brand new place to live with God for eternity. That's where we're looking forward to. We're looking forward to this city whose builder is God. This city who was built without hands. This city who God Himself built. Jesus tells His disciples before He goes to the cross in John 14. He says, listen guys, I'm going away. And if I go away, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If it weren't so, would I have told you that I was going to prepare a place for you? But it is true, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there's many rooms, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to prepare it, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to get you, and we're going to go, and you're going to be with me forever. That's His promise to His disciples. He says, find peace in this, find hope in this. This is where you should be aimed at. Jesus is going to build this home. You you see, we, those who trust on Christ, get to be on the kid's side uh, of Christmas one day, finally. And, And here's what I mean. So this past week, uh, Wednesday evening, we went over to Crystal's mom's house, and uh, Thursday evening we did our, our Christmas time with them, and then came back Friday. Well, her, her mom, Mamma, decided that our kids need a trampoline, or maybe between her and her mom, I'm not sure who decided that. But anyway, so we, we have a trampoline, I have to fit it in the back of my forerunner, which was an experience. Um, I was able to do it, I knew I could do it all along, but I had to make it harder than it really was, just so I get full appreciation, or I don't know if you but that's how I felt by the end of it. But, but anyway, so I get that thing stuck back there, and I, I get it put in, and we close, and we get home, and it's, uh, to be honest, it's still not put together. Um, it will be put together probably this afternoon, maybe, maybe into tomorrow, I don't know, we'll see. But my kids are going to have a specific role in putting this trampoline together. You know what it is? Stay inside. Stay away. Keep the door shut. Don't come out and bother me. I learned this when I was young. About 16 or so, I guess it was, I'd blown up the, the motor in the truck that my dad had let me drive and run it out of oil, and he was super pumped about that. He was so happy. It still brings warm fuzzies to him. But, so dad had to replace the motor in that truck I blew up. And I was in the house, and I'd went out a few times and come back in, and I was like, man, you know, I really need to help him. This is sort of my fault. I need to pitch in and help. And I got ready to go outside, and Mom said, John, you probably need to stay inside. I know what she meant. <laughs> stay away. Let him do what he's got to do. And when you go out, you'll have a truck, right? Same way as a trampoline. My kids will come out, and there'll be a trampoline. It won't be because of what they did. I'll build it, right? I'm going to do it, no matter how long it takes. Sort of what this city is like for us as believers. We don't build it. Jesus builds it. This city is built for us. We just show up. Jesus went before us to prepare a way for us. He prepared a way for us to come into this city, this dwelling place that's come down to man. God's dwelling with mankind forever and ever that we will one day enter into. Only it's a little better than a trampoline or a truck even. It's a a heavenly city, a city that will never end. As you think about this, it says that we will be with Him forever and ever and that He's going to wipe every tear from our eyes, every hurt, every pain, every twinge of guilt and shame and meanness and, and He's going to make it all new and He's going to make all the bad stuff go away and all the good stuff be with us forever. It's going to be perfect. What an amazing picture. He's going to wipe every tear from our eye. I know when... When Josiah was younger, he would cry, and sometimes a little tear would sit right here on his cheek. You know, it's so cute. But he'd say, Dad, get a tissue and wipe the tear off of my, off of my cheek. <laughs> and of course, I would. We love wiping the, the tears off of our, our children's cheek, right? We want to make them feel better. One day, God's going to do that forever. 
one day he's going to look at us and he's going to say, it's okay. And it finally will be. One day he's going to say, you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's all new. Everything is brand new. You don't have anything else to worry about. There's no one else to lose. There's no more death. There's no more sickness. There's no more cancer. There's no more lost jobs. None of that. Everything's okay. Between now and then, we can sit with people and say, it's okay. Is it okay right now in the moment? No. When we lose someone we love, it's not necessarily okay, is it? When we have this horrible pain and this horrible struggle in our life, it's not necessarily okay yet. But it will be. Because we're looking forward not to tomorrow. We're looking forward to the day. Well, maybe tomorrow. We're looking forward to the day when we finally spend eternity with Him. That's our hope. Our hope is not that somehow God will make everything magically better for us in 2018. Our hope is that we're going to spend eternity with Him. And by hope, I mean our expectation, our desire, our want, what we are looking forward to because we know it is going to happen. This is our hope. As we stare down another 365-day marathon of roller coaster, of going through the muck and the mire and the dirt of this world, knowing that tomorrow may or may not work out the way we thought it was going to. We look down that road and we look down that marathon. And we say, that's okay. Because I know one day I'll spend eternity with him. One, thing he will make all, one day he'll make all things new. So God is offering to us this morning a new home. But it's more than a new home. It's a new life. Listen, uh, listen read, read along with me. Revelation 22, 1 through 2. And I read these verses for us. And as I read them, uh, li- listen to what God says here. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. This is John speaking. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So not only do we have a new home, we have a new life, a life-giving river. Here, the, the, the description that we're given of heaven is that there's a river of the water of life flowing right down the middle of it. Like You can walk over and drink from the water of life and whatever side of the street you're on, whatever side of the river you're on, there is fruit from the tree of life that will heal the nations. Notice its source. It says, from the throne of God and of the Lamb. God the Father and the Son will provide this life for us for all eternity. The source of our eternal life is the, the Creator of the universe, Creator God. He's going to provide for us eternal life. That's our hope. Not that we'll never die. Not that we'll never get sick. Because I, I don't know how to tell you this, but no matter how hard you work out, no matter how well you eat, you're going to get sick one day, and one day you're going to die. It's just a matter of life, a matter of fact. I know some of y'all are in here this morning, you're feeling all guilty and terrible about all that oh-so-good but oh-so-bad-for-you food that you ate over the last couple months, right? Got a slogan for you, right? Uh, skinny people die hungry. I mean, no. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But for real, I mean, sometimes we think that if we just try our best, we can extend our life. Jesus said, how much worrying can you do in order to add just a little tiny bit to the end of your life? None. Do the best you can. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take care of your body and that you shouldn't steward your body. I mean, calm down, rest. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't do those things. We should. God has given us our body and we should use it well. But that's not our hope. That's not our joy. 
Our hope is, is that God has given us a new life. Our hope is, is that one day we get to drink from the river of life. And that river of life will never end. One day, all the things that ache and all the things that hurt will be made new. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more uh, Alzheimer's. There'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more sore throats. Right, Colin? I mean, like, finally we'll be able to speak. We'll finally not have to worry about any of those things. We'll have this life. We'll have this healing. Then we come to verse 3. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of, the la- of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And the servants will worship them. All the terrible things, all the terrible people will be gone. No more rapists or molesters. None of those things. No more tornadoes or hurricanes or earthquakes or insurance payments or house payments or tax payments, right? I mean, amen. God is going to take all those away because we'll have a new life with him. All the bad is gone. All that remains is the good. But also, not only do we have a new home and a new life, we have a new relationship with God. We see this in verses 3 and 4. And so his servants will worship him, but then we come to verse 4. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. We'll have complete access to the throne of God. We can go in and see him anytime we want to go in and see him. We don't even have to make an appointment. God is right there. Can you imagine being able to see his face and him able to see yours? This is going to be amazing, isn't it? No more separation. Sometimes I know it feels like, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes it feels like my prayers just kind of bounce off the ceiling back down to me. I'm like, God, are you listening or are you not? Right? I mean, there's that constant struggle. One day we won't have that struggle anymore. On this day we will stand in front of him and we will see his face and we will see him as we speak to him. Our faith will finally be sight. We'll finally get to enjoy His presence forever and ever and ever. And it says here that His servants will worship Him. The picture here is finally worshiping Him unhindered and not distracted. Can you imagine being able to worship God without distraction? Right now you're thinking about work, you're thinking about food, maybe a little bit of combination of both, thinking about who's going to win the game this afternoon, thinking about what you're going to do uh, tonight. And you're sitting in church. Imagine what Monday's like or Tuesday. Worship is hard, isn't it? Keeping our focus on God is hard. One day we won't have to worry about that because we will see His face. We'll see Him for who He is. We'll see Him completely. There'll be no more separation between us and God. But it's more than that. John tells us here that he's going to write his name on our forehead. That's mine. I have a little girl that writes on every surface she can get her hands on her. She used to. She's about grown out of that. But she's saying, here I am, (laughs) this is mine, right? God is going to ride on us and show his approval to the entire universe. Those are mine. These people are mine. No worry, no wonder about God's feelings towards us. Because he has shown and will continue to show for all eternity we are his and that he loves us. That's, That's hard to get into our heads, isn't it? It's hard to get into our heads that he loves us. The hardest thing, one of the hardest things for me to say is that Jesus loves me. It almost feels prideful. It almost feels arrogant to say, Jesus loves me. God loves me. But you know what? It's true. He does love me because of what Christ has done. And one day I won't have any more qualms about that. It won't be awkward at all. I'll finally stand before him and I'll know for sure because I'll see his name written on my forehead. I don't know if that's exactly what it'll be like, but I'll be okay with that. 
But he, he, he says here that his name will be written on our foreheads. Then look at verse 17. Skip down to verse 17 just for, for, for time's sake. Verse 17 says this. Speaking about those who get to participate and join in this hope. The Spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Let the one who desires take water, the water of life without price. So how do we get to come? How do we get to be a part of this eternal city, this heavenly city? Well, John tells us here, Jesus tells us here, Jesus uh, is speaking to us and he says, listen, this is how, this is how it's going to happen. The Spirit and the bride say, come. The Holy Spirit and the church are agreed. Come and enjoy this water of life. If you hear, tell other people to come on and enjoy this water of life. And he says, let the one who is thirsty come. Let him take the water of life without price. You don't owe anything. Just come. Think about this. Think about the truth that we have access to here this morning. God is saying to you, you can spend eternity with Him drinking from the water of life not based on anything you can pay or do. You can enjoy eternity with Him based on what Christ has done. You can enter into heaven because you are thirsty. He says, whoever's thirsty, come and get a drink. Come and drink this water of life. You don't owe a dime. Just come and drink. That's the only stipulation for you to be thirsty. Are you thirsty for eternal life this morning? Well, then receive it. There's nothing left for you to do. Jesus did it all. He paid it all. We don't sing that just because we like it, but we sing it because it's true. And it's free for us. Jesus came and He made a way for us to be saved. He made a way for us to spend eternity with Him so that our hope doesn't have to be that tomorrow is better than today. Our hope can actually be that we have an eternity to look forward to. That we don't have to worry about what this world does. We don't have to worry about what we lose in this world because we have eternity to look forward to. This place is just somewhere we're passing through because of what Christ has done. And so he says, if you're thirsty, drink of the water. Jesus says, I can say this because of who I am. In verse 16, I don't know if I included this in our our verses this morning or not, but in in verse 16, Jesus says that I'm the root and the fruit of David. I'm both the seed and the fulfillment. I'm both the seed and the descendant of David. We spent the last better part of a month, maybe a little longer than a month, talking about the first coming of Christ. This morning we're looking at the second coming of Christ, the second advent. The, the first coming was in fulfillment to God's uh, promises all throughout the Old Testament. Over and over again, God had promised His people that one day He would send a Savior. One day they would be saved. One day a Savior would come. And He told David, David, one day your son will save the world. One day you'll finally have a king to sit on the throne forever and ever and ever. Jesus says, I'm both the seed and the descendant. I'm both the beginning and the end of that promise. I'm the one who gave that promise, and I'm the one who's fulfilling that promise. I'm the one who said, I will send a Savior, and I am that Savior. You see, this morning, guys, we don't have to doubt God's Word. We don't have to doubt His promises because they are true, because He has kept His promise. We just got through celebrating Christmas, and one day we will celebrate forever in eternity with Him that Jesus came and He didn't just come, that He went to the cross and that He died in order to save us so that we could be clean, so that we could wash ourselves in the water of life, so that we could take part of the water of life. I mean, if we're real this morning, if we're truly honest with ourselves, the truth is, is that 2018 is going to look a lot like 2017. You know how I know that? Because we'll be in 2018. 
Because I'm, I'm not real old, but I'm old enough to know that things don't just magically get better as you get older, do they? Things don't necessarily just turn around all the time. No, our, our hope is not that God is going to make 2018 perfect. Our hope is that one day we'll spend eternity with Him. You see, the sooner we give up thinking that God's going to fix this world according to our standards and according to what we want and start believing that He's actually given us a brand new world to spend eternity with Him, the better off we'll be. You see, you see the truth is, if your hope is, is that you can have a lot of fun and more fun than anybody else around you, then your life's going to be disappointing because that's not what life's all about. I mean, if, if YOLO were really true, that would still be a saying, right? I don't even think that's a saying anymore, is it? You only live once, y'all don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Why? Because it doesn't matter. Because it's not true. Guys, if you're living for the moment, if this moment is what your hope is in, you're going to be disappointed in the next moment. In the next moment, your life's over. Like, if your hope is that in this moment I'm going to live out as much as I can, what happens in the next moment? over all your hope is gone all your dreams are dashed there's nothing else to look forward to no you don't only live once no your hope is not that you can get the best you can get right now your hope is that there's a heaven waiting for you and that you can live for eternity you can live for there rather than here that you can lay up treasure for yourself there rather than here so that then you can, you can be generous with God you can be generous with the people around you if you lose your stuff you can still have hope you can still have joy you don't have to put all your hope and all your joy and all of your dreams in the basket of uh, your stuff. You don't have to put it all in the basket of your job, your profession, your title. What happens when those things are taken away from you? Your hope goes with them. What happens when, when, when the things that you put the most hope in in your life are taken from you? Because they will be. I mean, if all your hope and all your dreams is in where you work and what people call you when you go to work, what happens when you retire? If all your hope and all your dreams is in who your friends are, what happens when they betray you? What happens when they leave you? What happens when all this stuff you have so much joy in gets taken from you? Where's your hope then? See, see, the truth is that our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in what we can get out of this world. Our hope is in the next world. Our hope is in the new home that God has provided for us. Our hope is not in our possessions. Our hope is not in our profession. Our hope is not even in our performance. We hope in a new life, in a new relationship with the one who made us. What's your hope this morning? What are you trusting in to make you smile? What is your desire for 2018? Is your hope that you won't get sick, that you'll stay healthy? Is, it, is your hope that you'll make lots of money and people will respect you? Is your hope... That you will get a promotion is your hope that your kids will be well? Is your hope that your kids will be perfect? Uh, uh, is your hope that your <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't planned? I, as I was saying that out loud, I was like, "Wow, that's terrible." But anyway, that's those are all too small to have, guys. Those are hopes, even if they were attained, would be nothing compared to what Jesus is offering. If all of your earthly dreams came true, they're a fraction of what we read about here. See, everything in this world is temporary. Everything is gone tomorrow. And, and so, hey, I, I know you're thinking, man, he, he must be a lot of fun at parties. <laughs> I'm not inviting him. <laughs> Mr. Negative Nancy up there. But, but the truth is, is that we probably laugh and have more fun in my house than in your house. We enjoy life. We do. Why? 
because we understand that what God has given us is better than anything this world has to offer. We understand. We don't sit around thinking about all the bad, horrible things that could and can and maybe will happen. That's God's job. We pray for those things, but our focus is not on that. Our focus is on the good gifts God has given us to enjoy. You see, but we hold those gifts with an open hand. If we go home this afternoon and our house is burned down, it's going to be terrible. But it's not going to be the end of the world. If we lose everything, we won't be destroyed. I mean, if we go home and we have nothing left, we will still have each other and we'll still have this hope that we have a true home prepared for us in heaven for eternity. That we have a better home than the one that has been taken away. Guys, one day we're going to be separated from each other by death. But that's not the end of it. We've been given a new home, but we've also been given a new life, an eternal life that will never end. My hope is not that I'll never lose anybody that I love because I know that's coming. My hope is that they will know Christ and that we will spend eternity together in heaven. See, we, we don't walk around afraid of some crazy person shooting us because that's, I mean, that's a possibility. I know that's a danger. Can't really prevent it, so why worry about it? Why not enjoy moment by moment? Be prepared, be aware but that doesn't mean you walk around terrified, never able to enjoy life. In my home, I don't know, I'm sure it doesn't happen in your home, but there is sin that takes place in my home. Mostly by the children, but, but, uh, but, anyway. but I mean, there's sin, right? I mean, there's angry words spoken from day to day, sometimes. We'll just use that as one example. But that doesn't destroy our family, because our family is not built on our performance, our family is built on the forgiveness and grace of Jesus Christ. And so we're able to come and say, hey, I'm sorry. And so one minute we may be upset and crying and, and all those things and the next moment having a good time. Because Jesus paid for all that. We're not going to walk around carrying that stuff. We know that our relationship with him and our relationship with each other is not our performance, but his. I don't have to earn my way into his presence. I don't think I could live that way. I need his forgiveness every single day. Which means I can walk around smiling knowing that my standing with him is not based on what I've done. It's not based on who I am. It's based on who Christ is. That's where hope and satisfaction is actually found. If your hope this morning is that you can be good enough for him, you're not going to be very happy. He has already done it for you. We can smile knowing as we face 2017, we're leaving that one. We're looking forward to 2018. We can smile knowing that in 2018, no matter what comes, we have a new home to look forward to. We have a new life that Christ has given us. He tells us, a passage that I skipped over a minute ago, uh, he tells us that, that if we trust on him, that he will put in us the Holy Spirit, that, that he will put in us a, a river of living water that will flow out of us into the lives of the people around us. In other words, he will change us from the inside out. He will make us new. He, you see, sometimes we think heaven is something that we'll do when we get there. Sometimes we, we think that this Jesus stuff is something we'll do when we get there. But Jesus tells us He's going to give us the Holy Spirit now. Now He's going to begin to change us now so that we can enjoy the, enjoy the here and now. We can enjoy His good gifts together. We can smile and laugh and have fun and have a good time. Not because the world is perfect. We know the world's not perfect. We know the world will never be perfect until Jesus comes and makes it so. But we also know that he's changing us day by day and we get to enjoy what he's given us and, and we get to help other people enjoy their life as well as he changes us and gives us the ability to be kind to them. 
And, and so I, I, I challenge you this morning, if you're here and you're a believer, my challenge for you is this. Whatever 2018 holds, put your hope and your faith in Jesus Christ. Put your eyes on the new home He has given you. Be reminded of the new relationship He has provided for you. Don't try to earn your way into God's presence. Simply live in God's presence. Enjoy His grace. Enjoy His forgiveness. Enjoy each other. Man, don't miss out on that. Have fun. Enjoy life. There's going to be trying times, I promise. There's one thing I'm certain of. It's that in 2018, things will happen that you won't like. That doesn't mean you can't get through them, though. Not if you're hoping your aim and your eyes are in the land to come. Not if your hope and your aim and your eyes are on the home that he's prepared for you. And if you're not a believer, if you're not a Christian this morning, I want to encourage you to trust on Jesus, to receive Christ. He says, if you ask me for, to forgive you, I will forgive you. He says, if you'll believe in me, you don't have to die, but you can live eternally with me forever. But he also says something else. Uh, verse 20 here, he says, and the words are, he who speaks these things is coming quickly. Guys, you don't have forever. You don't have necessarily another day. You may have another day. You may have another year. But as statistics bear out, there's some folks in here that will not be with us when we look forward to 2019. What will you do with Christ this morning? Will you respond to him or will you put him off another day? What better way to end the year than to say, Lord Jesus, save me. So that you can say with John as he says, Amen, come Lord Jesus. I'm ready for you to return. Can you say that this morning? Can you say that you're ready for him to come back? If you can't, would you believe and trust on him so that you can be ready? And if you are a believer, would you pray and ask him to make himself more real in your life every day? If you would, stand with us. And as you stand, I'll ask uh, everybody to come back up to, to help us uh, in singing. Uh, as, as we sing and as we worship, as we close out the service this morning, this is a time.